0: Hi, my name's Kim Cole, and I'm your host of Real 510. Our podcast is dedicated to the stories of real buyers and real sellers in the East Bay residential housing environment in Northern California. Finding a solid investment to grow one half to several million dollars is a strategic and calculative exercise of wisdom and intuition. Now, mix in the emotional meaning of home, your safety, your shelter, your memories. The task is daunting, the influences are great, and there's no proven instruction manual. Join us as we explore the process, the challenges, and the triumphs of those who have successfully navigated the storm. Welcome to Real 510. Thank you for joining me today, Kim Cole at Real 510. I'm excited to be back um, in the podcasting world. We've taken a little time off to focus on other parts of our business here at Kim Cole Real Estate. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to start telling the stories and listening to the stories and um, meeting with buyers and sellers to hear what they've experienced over this last year in a little different arena in real estate sales and um, buying property. So I am sitting here today with my lovely, wonderful guest, Tara Graham. Very excited to talk with her um, and always enjoy talking with her. Tara and I met a little over a year and a half ago as she was looking for her next home and... um, and it, this was actually the first buying experience that I was involved in after the shelter-in-place. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Tara Graham. Thank you. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I so, am, too. <laughs> um, So tell us a little bit about Tara. I wouldn't know where to start because I just... Um, you were a fascinating woman, lovely and... Um, intuitive, very connected, inquisitive, intelligent, and let's see what you have to say about yourself.
1: I think you've done a really good job. (laughs) I see, I'm good at this. (laughs) Uh, No, I was, I was, as I was telling you, when I am asked to introduce myself, it's a little bit of a shame that I jump to what I, what I do uh, for my job. And so that's, that's really where my story begins, I think, um, because I'm a, a workaholic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is part of the 12-step program. This is a meeting. It sounds like a meeting. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so I live by myself, and I have for many many years, and um, I have actually historically spent a whole lot of time in my office, so never really spent much time thinking about my home or really having any connection whatsoever. So I have historically been my work. And so I work in the tech industry. I started out in journalism, jumped into higher education, was teaching for a while, and uh, more recently was at an, ed tech, um, an education technology company where I was um, vice president and general manager of a business line that, that I built And so um, a whole lot of heart and soul went into that. And that is
0: who I am, for better or for worse. You are often telling other people's stories as a part of your your profession. So it's probably weird to be on that side of the microphone in some ways.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm used to asking the questions, not answering them. So you're making me very uncomfortable.
0: Oh, stop it. Well... (laughs) Let me go pour you a glass of wine, and let's talk a little further. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, I mean, it's always interesting of how how this whole thing started, right? So here it is, March, I don't know, I don't even think it was April 1st, was it, that we first met? It was probably towards the end of March, shortly after the shelter-in-place started on, if I remember correctly, March 16th. 16th or 17th. I don't know, my bags were packed to Europe and I didn't get to go on vacation. But this is about you. <laughs> so um, I feel like I met you end of March, beginning of April, something like that.
1: It didn't take long for me to actually work from home day after day after day to begin to realize that um, a change of scenery was needed. So yeah. I don't, yes.
0: Yeah. Sure. So a couple weeks of working at home because prior to that you went into the office every day in San Francisco. No, my um, my
1: office was in Redwood City, which is in the Peninsula, and I lived in Emeryville. Okay. Um, So my typical day consisted of like waking up around seven seven thirty, leaving by about eight thirty or so. I had it down to an hour 15 commute. I would get into the office for my 10 a.m. meetings, meetings back to back from 10 to 6 p.m., and then I would sit at my desk and and actually do work from like 6 to 9, commute home from 9 to 9.45, in bed by 10.
0: Thank goodness you like what you do. (laughs) (laughs) And so all of a sudden that went to being in your one-bedroom apartment in Emeryville.
1: Yeah, it was actually a condo that I owned, but I really did treat it as a transitional space, and um, it really was like a, it was a sleeping bunker
0: for it was me. a place to hang your hat.
1: Yeah, there. You were there
0: on the weekends, maybe, or, or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, here, maybe. In, here and there, yeah. but I didn't spend that much time in this space. I was out, I was out, out and about because we could be. Right. And that drastically changed very quickly.
0: Right. And I think that's the story of a lot of people that are very focused on work, right? We were, you basically started and ended your day at home, but you were out and about. And especially if you're part of the urban fabric, which you, you were in an area that was pretty urban, still are in an area that's fairly urban, but you're, I mean, even when you're home, you're out, right? So then all of a sudden, you're at home all the time in an elevator building with 400 of your favorite friends, something like that, about 300 of your favorite friends. It's more
1: than 400 units, yes.
0: Yes, so it's, I mean, a huge, huge complex, and and then it happened. I can't live here any longer.
1: It happened, yeah, because overnight, I had to turn my what was my dining area into my desk and my desk is always a tornado zone. And so that happened. And then of course, I mean, uh, we started to zoom in all into all of our meetings and our space now became a reflection of who we are. Um, and so there's a variety of factors. Um, and then also it was me by myself because that that's who I am and what I do by myself in the space, working at my dining room table in an uncomfortable chair, looking around and seeing really no extension of myself because I had never, I had invested money in this space, but I never invested myself. And so um, I think COVID brought that to the surface for me, as I think it did for many, because we started to see this new fascination with interior design. And um, it's really, it's, the way I think about it is, it's it's an expression of ourselves in a time when when expression is limited to our
0: screens. Well, just that I think the space is the the home isn't just a space. Suddenly, right? It starts to feel like a, a sanctuary, a, a hobby. A, what makes you feel good? A, some company in your life right it's um it just becomes a much more of a driver of a lot of other things which kind of uh, gets us to this almost gets you to the end of the story working backwards of you're finding yourself now in this whole different whole different place in your life because you've become you've started this relationship with your home right
1: right a change was necessary, and COVID certainly brought that about for all of us uh, in terms of what we do day to day and our space. What I didn't think would happen is that there was certainly an internal a change inside that happened as well. And so, um, why it's kind of funny while we all stay in place, there's this change that's happening that's afoot, uh, and I wasn't really expecting that. But one morning, and it was a Friday morning. After working in my dining room table with stacks of papers around me, one morning I woke up and I heard the, because I was living in a multi-unit building, um, and there I could hear neighbors left and right. I could hear feet on top of me, and this was, um, this was not conducive to the concentration that I needed. Right. Um, so one morning I woke up and I just had it in my mind. I need to I I need to move to a new space that is consistent with where I was I was changing I was growing yeah. what my needs were they had changed drastically overnight yeah. so I pulled out my phone and I pulled up Uh, the Zillow app, which I had previously downloaded, but had not visited for years and years. Yeah. Had to reinstall it. (laughs)
0: That's when you know that you haven't been looking for a home religiously every day.
1: No, I had not been. um, Because really, I started the year thinking I would renovate the condo at best, not move out of it entirely. But I opened up the Zillow app and put in my criteria and on the first page of options, I was immediately drawn to a very specific listing. And I just remember it was, it was a photo of a space that was light and bright, but playful and creative at the same time. And so I, I went into it, looked at the photos, and I immediately thought, this is my home.
0: Magic, Messages magic just happened. <laughs>
1: and scrolled down, looked up who the the realtor was, and you were the first person I called.
0: Lo and behold! Yeah,
1: that's that. That was the meeting. I mean,
0: talk about serendipitous! Like um, the whole thing almost seems, although definitely sought out. It it just kind of magically happened. It's the magic house.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of criteria that I put into
0: the filters. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm wondering is like, was the criteria? Did you fill out every single one of the no. the features and the criteria set? No.
1: <laughs> no, it was the basics. I mean, so yeah. Of I'm course, curious. I wanted two bedrooms, yeah. uh, so that I could convert one into a proper office. Right. And I'm trying to think beyond. <laughs> I really was looking at. Uh, I just wanted another room for my office, that's it. But there's a new set of criteria that I discovered along the way of what I was missing. Um, and this space actually checked the boxes. Um, one thing that I don't know that everybody thinks about, um, but I mentioned you know, people afoot. Um, what I was missing in that space was like high ceilings. I wanted high ceilings. It's just something that makes me feel good.
0: And you just knew that about yourself, like it was a vision you had, you've experienced homes that had high ceilings, that that kind of thing. Right,
1: so that's something that I don't think you could check a box on, on Zillow, but when you're looking at a space, that was something that I was looking for. Um, I was also, I was looking for a space that was bright, because my previous space was north-facing, and when I bought that, another thing I wasn't
0: considering was how
1: much... How much sunlight is this getting? Because you weren't home during the
0: day. Who right? cared? Didn't right? matter. Didn't yeah. matter. I
1: was really, right, only there early, early at the top of the morning or after 9 p.m. at best. So, yeah, that didn't matter. Now it mattered because I was there all day long. And then the new, the new thing was an outdoor space of some sort so that in the afternoon I could enjoy the weather here, I could walk my laptop out, and... Um, and spend some time outside and And change scenery and
0: you could work yet in a different area (laughs) we're really really doubling down on
1: this (laughs) and it's it's unfortunately true um but these were the these were the considerations and i i guess what i was looking for was a certain height to allow for a feeling of more space as well as an outdoor space so that it feels like i can change my scenery yeah um, while all
0: staying still and sheltering in place isn't that interesting that that is um that is a feature that i don't hear people talk about volume in a home and it's like i mean we're sitting in an office that has i don't know 18 foot ceiling so i obviously feel the same way like volume feels like freedom feels like space and air and all of that and that's yeah it's room to think that's what it is (laughs) That's what it is. And Tara, you are such a big thinker that I think you need all that space for sure. You need that. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So Zillow, you should put that in your criteria. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. COVID
1: yeah. has brought about a whole, a whole new number of boxes that we can add to the to the filter system. For mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Um, okay, so... We talked about the tools that you used, which really was Zillow. And I mean, that was the, that was it, which was the primary one, which is a great online app. You can flip through things. What made you decide, okay, I think I found a really interesting home. I'm going to get out of my little place, (laughs) go down the stairs, hit the elevator buttons, get in my car and go and see this property. Was there any thought about there's germs out there? And is it is it safe to go into somebody's home? Is it safe to meet a stranger? Is it? Do I need to put a hazmat outfit on? Do I? Did you have any of those kinds of thoughts?
1: Well, we met one to one, and we were masked. In fact, throughout this whole process, I had never seen you without your mask. Yeah,
0: um, like, wow, I didn't know your nose was so big, Kim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not a thought um but yeah we were masked and then i also remember i think you had gloves this was early on where we thought that this was transmissible yeah this was transmissible by uh by touch by substances um remnants and so there was that um so no, I actually was not. It it wasn't like an open house. There weren't it was you and me. It was just
0: it was the two of us. I was thinking you had co- come to an open house, but we weren't doing open houses. They weren't allowed. No. Right. So we and, just met one on one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so that's why during this time purchasing is very different. It's not a free for all to go carve out time on a day and jump around house to house and compare. Awesome. A lot of the A lot of the activity, does it moved online along with everything else, looking at the photos, looking at the specs, and then having a limited amount of time in the house and picking up the vibe and a feeling. But this place has always had a specific, it's always kind of surfaced a a feeling in me, so that was it. I was there for the feeling, yeah.
0: There wasn't so much put into the research is what I'm hearing. Really, you put a little bit of time in the research and went, this, this kind of marks all the boxes. I'm going out to look at it. And then it did. Like you were pleasantly surprised, right? But then you got to validate that emotion. Even the most emotional buyer, myself included, I've bought two properties after just walking in them. And in my head, I went, this is it. We don't need to look any further. Like when you see that perfect pair of jeans that fits just right, you don't really need to try on six more pairs of jeans. You, but but, given the price point, you got to validate that what your emotion is telling you makes good sense, right? How did you do that?
1: How did I validate? Well, so I as I said to you, I think mm-hmm. my whole process is not advisable.
0: <laughs> do not try this at home. Do not. Yeah.
1: You know, one thing I would do differently now um, is if I had had some forewarning, which none of us did, um, Is that Zillow app actually keeping it activated and open and visiting it every single, you know, periodically, every single week or so just to see, to get an understanding of what's hitting the market and what are the general price points and um, even if you don't have intention to buy just to to get a general vibe and an understanding of what you like. And all of that work can be done online. Um, And I didn't do any of that. But luckily, because of COVID, there was a forcing function where I knew exactly what was missing, Um, because I had spent so much time with myself in in my condo that it really turned into how I filtered and how I I looked at the photos. And as I said, I think all of the logical work happened online in the specs and the photos and kind of vetting. In this case, it hap- the home that I purchased happened to be the very first one that I clicked on. The purpose of the visit was more to make sure that there's a feeling there. So I don't think the purchase of a home that you're gonna live in is a pure investment decision. I think there has to be a little bit of whimsy. and There has to be a little bit of it that that doesn't make sense maybe because I, I I think that's actually the space where where a new life can blossom, and you begin to learn things about yourself
0: along the way. I love that you're saying this, and um watching so many people go through the decision of purchasing a home or just the decision of do i do I swipe right or do I swipe left right When asked, well, what do you think do you what do you like about this place what do you, you you know asking kind of those normal types of qualifying questions whether it's me or a friend that's doing that with a buyer most buyers will tend to answer in in metrics well it's a lot of it's a lot of space for the money well it's got the right amount of bedrooms and baths and i like that the bedrooms are on two different sides of the house well it's you know it's very these logical points and i'll always say but how do you feel how do you feel when you walk in and i mean just listening to you i think i could i think i would know the answer to this if i said how do you feel when you wake up every day
1: well this actually was Never part of the the process. It was it was a delightful little discovery when I started when I moved in and started sleeping in that bedroom. But yeah. this particular place, which was uh, which was designed by a very intentional, uh, very intentional designer, architect, architect and designer, yeah, yeah. Um, who is still on the premises and still accessible. And
0: he owns a property. We uh, near Yes, you. he does. Yeah. Yep. So he built a cluster of homes basically in this like, yeah. area, which is really fabulous. Yeah.
1: So there's something really th- thoughtful. And I, I don't know how the listing, I mean, this was not in the listing. I wouldn't have noticed this when I was walking through, but when you are in bed horizontal, the way he's designed the windows, you you can always wake up to the clouds if they are there. You see the clouds. Um and he was able to do it in this really beautiful, brilliant way. I love waking up and seeing the clouds. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's not like looking out a window um, that's where that's there's something he, he did. And it's part of the high ceilings. But um, it's funny you ask that. But I love waking up in this space. I love getting into bed in this space. It doesn't feel like a bunker anymore. It, um, it feels more like an intentional extension of me
0: which was something I didn't have before COVID. Yeah. That's very cool. That's, that's very, very cool. And it really, somebody who's in the tech space, and uh, these are not words that you use in a typical tech environment, although you probably do, actually,
1: a I don't know, but I don't know if you remember, but I actually was so excited when I discovered this. I took a picture and I sent it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, look at this unexpected surprise of the clouds (laughs) (laughs) seeing the outside from inside. Wow. That's great.
0: Wow. Yes. And the and the fact that it was intentionally designed that way to kind of have that connection with the designer after the fact is is really neat it just uh kind of enforces that feel good piece Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's like you have you have instant art you have an instant art gallery right right in your right in your place um well so i have to say like this is um this all just feels so easy tara the way that you explain finding your home and and it did uh, on, the, on my side of it, working with you, it did seem relatively easy. Although I remember kind of this bunched up look in your, in your head, look in your eyes at times of when you were asking very on point questions and you were trying to maybe poke holes at something. Did it feel almost too good to be true when you were going through it?
1: Of course, you're always waiting for the other shoe to, to drop <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so the, so that I can tell you all the reasons I should not have purchased this property
0: did, and yeah and did you think
1: and the considerations there um, but again, we get back to you yeah. got away you got away the logic against the feeling and there was something about the feeling in this place and it's it's again, all it's all there in seeing the clouds from my bed. That's nothing Zillow would show me. That's, that's nothing we talked about. Um, but that's connected to the feeling. And so it's one of the discoverables along the way that that's what I'm talking about when I say enable or give in to that little bit of whimsy because there might actually be so much more down that rabbit hole. And for me, there was so, um, so yeah, there' are the moments where I mean I could like the the space is relatively small um well designed but but it's a relatively small um unit, and the bathroom is upstairs, not downstairs, there's one bathroom upstairs, so there's all these reasons these reasons to scrunch my nose,, yeah. but I was giving in to the feeling and and I do think. At, at the beginning of COVID, it was a moment of heightened emotion, so that probably helped too. But I'm so happy I gave into the feeling, and I and it checked it checked the boxes it needed to check, and then there's all these new boxes that I didn't even know were there that I came to discover.
0: That's what's so cool. I I like this is a big lesson in life, and I hope that people that are listening to this podcast can take something away from this because I I feel that if you were just to make a decision on your home by a spreadsheet, you would say, this doesn't make any sense. I'm not going this route. This this makes no sense. From the investor's portfolio perspective, (laughs) just for if I get uh, relocated tomorrow and I need to sell my home this does not fit the criteria of what the perfect resale home is and i wouldn't argue with that statement from that perspective but i love that you took a chance and allowed your intuitive side to listen to that little voice inside and it's i always think about dating when i think about purchasing a home because you can take all these same things right and you can talk about your spouse and you could, you could just name one feature after another of the flawed points of why this should never work. You, this is not the right person. You can start with, with their laundry habits and then you can go to maybe diet shopping perhaps what they read perhaps what they watch on tv perhaps what i mean you could go to all these different things and and maybe that's all perfect but we could on on almost any given subject you could take something and just these are all the reasons it doesn't work but if you listen to that little voice of but this makes me feel really good I think that can take people in a really great direction because at the end of the day it is how you feel when you walk in the door. I mean, that's what is really the most important thing of your home and that's what makes the difference of your home or your or your transitional space. Right? <laughs> So, but some people go on for like a lifetime just getting one transitional space after another one or living in their transitional space for most all their life until their kids have to clean it out for them, (laughs) you know. So, I think that that's um, it's just such a great story. Um,
1: one may I, one other delightful discovery about this place that again not in the zillow app not a filter
0: yeah
1: is an understanding like community that was not something i was looking for
0: and how do you shop for that even right exactly yeah
1: so it wasn't even on my criteria list because where i was coming from was a place again that had more than 400 units and none of us knew each other it uh So it didn't feel like anything that I needed. My home was my home. I show up, I open the door, I close the door. Uh, And the first weekend I moved into this new space, Um, it happened to be like a a Labor Day weekend, actually. Uh, So a three day weekend, and it's only about 15 or so units in this community. And um, someone came and I was moving in, had boxes everywhere just a just a mess right (laughs) trying to climb over things they knocked on my door and I saw that everyone was out in this middle courtyard area with a food drinks it was a potluck and there's an email list that I wasn't on yet but they knocked on my door it was one of the you know one of the members of the HOA saying hey you're new we'd love to meet you You want to come on out? And I'm like, I don't have anything to contribute. And they're (laughs) like, we want to meet you. And I ended up, um, that was really, it was early in the day. It was like five-ish. And I didn't step foot back into my place until after 11 p.m. uh, Because we were out there talking and they were giving me all the tips, what I needed to know. Um, We transitioned into someone else's patio space. Yeah, and it became, uh, it just became a great way to meet my neighbors. And now community is one of my criteria. Um, When I go out of town, I have people I can connect with who can help take care of things. Don't always think about that in the Bay Area, but super important.
0: Huge. now, Yeah. Just huge. I'm not sure how you can figure all that out, but... um... Well, but the, probably connect connecting to connecting to anyone and everyone that you can possibly meet that is around that space and looking at how they maintain their property, right? That sort of thing. So I think there was
1: some reference to this. Um, maybe it was in the letter from the sellers. And again, i I didn't i I didn't think much of it because it wasn't on my criteria. Um, and so I think there are questions that can be asked, uh, about, you know, how well does everyone know each other around here? How often do they get together for what sort of occasions, um, you know, do people participate in the HOA yeah. meetings or not? Like that, I think there's some poking and prodding that can be done to try to get a sense of, um, if that's important, is this, is there a community vibe here? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I do think that there are ways, um, and it's and it's something that one should consider when they're exploring. That's a great story.
1: It was a great welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah,
0: yeah, no kidding. And what what a surprise! So this um, we have been talking for about a half an hour on this great experience. I had a page of questions that I wanted to ask you, but I feel like. Your message has been conveyed. What else did you add? Any special (laughs) lessons?
1: (laughs) Well, I think there's the story after the purchase. There's a lot of discussion about the buildup and the criteria and the tools. Yeah. And maybe the feeling, you factor that in. So where are we? And the questions to ask. Yeah, so now we're a year out from this purchase and what I wasn't... Um, what I wasn't expecting is, um, is developing a new connection to space that I didn't have before the, every project that I line up for myself, um, Oh my God,
0: the projects. Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is part of keeping ourselves busy during COVID, but, um, but yeah, I find projects now and every project is a new way that I'm really planting my seeds in this space. I'm leaving my mark. Yeah. But you've heard me go on and on about the bougainvillea and the in the in the patio and it's been me against against that vine and just on a, it's like a growth opportunity. A personal growth opportunity. And so I wasn't expecting any of that. And yeah. it's very your, your
0: companionship with the Bougainvillea.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're
1: we're beginning to, to we're beginning to develop a, a, a bond. I at least have fifty percent of it up against the wall. So, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of learning in that. And again, that wasn't happening when when I had a, a transitional space. Um, it was a missed opportunity. Uh, for growth. Another thing was um, or is when I wasn't really investing myself in my space personally I wasn't inviting people into my home and um, slowly as things have relaxed here and there um, the interesting development is you know when i purchased this house you have housewarming gifts that were so kind and i've got now i went from one plant to 11 house plants (laughs) because and cacti because that's what people were giving me (laughs) um but now i'm able to host people and be proud and so this new relationship with my home has actually enabled a deepening of relationships with other people, which if we go back to always being in my office, um, there's just a total change, an evolution. In the space, the home is at the center of it. And um, I think that's been a very delightful, unexpected surprise because this search started with me and my needs and my wants during an emotional time, and it's turned into um, an a discovery of community and a place where I can bring people in and I can get to know them better. And I I, I don't know. It puts a little bow on it, I think. Yeah,
0: it's almost like the seed that that was planted and now like this flower is blooming and growing and very works really well with the whole bougainvillea message. I like it. I don't want to make it (laughs) sound...
1: like to, the bougainvillea like we're, we're we, we contend right so yes. it's it's not all but it's not roses it's not it's all it's roses bougainvillea
0: <laughs> thorny bougainvillea gotcha.
1: yeah it is <laughs> it is but that's part of the fun
0: <laughs> i think that this is just um i think this is a really fabulous story of um the good that comes out of something really really terrible in our world and you know, over the last year and a half, as we've all struggled through a very challenging time of um, isolation, of uh, yearning, of the unknown, of just, you know, a lot of fright in a lot of ways, it seemed like, and I, I can think of many conversations with friends and coworkers and family that this is just kind of the worst year. We're just hanging this up on the worst year. But out of the worst year have come some really fabulous things. And I think this is a perfect example of being able to, I hate I hate the expression that's been created of pivoting, how to pivot. This isn't pivoting, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> there is a lot of pivoting that's going on. But... This isn't pivoting. This is really like branching out, as you have said. Just just growth, big growth of what makes you happy. When, when so many basic things are stripped away from you, what makes you happy? And the value of home is uh, it's just profound. It's absolutely profound and it's certainly fostered into a beautiful, I don't even want to say happy ending, but a beautiful new journey, I think that will continue because when you wake up every day with a smile on your face because you love where you're at, it it makes a big difference, a really big difference.
1: Absolutely. And for the record, I do not encourage workaholism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that <laughs> will be duly is, noted in this, is, this podcast. This is what we're,
1: <laughs> we're working on, but the space is helping me. It's giving me other things to focus on. I like
0: it. Thank you, Tara Graham, for joining us today. Until next time, thank you for listening to Real 510.